Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Snug Wrestling. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. That's right. You are tuned into Snug Wrestling, where it's wrestling all day, every day. And now here is your host, Edgar Avila. Sports Katie Wrestling posted on X or Twitter, describe the street fight using one word only. And my word that I chose to describe this match was unbelievable. No, really. This match, just like most of this AEW show, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe half of the shit that I was seeing on this show. Literally. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to Snug Wrestling with me, your host. My name is Edgar. We're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite today. Full gear is right around the corner this Saturday. And because AEW has a pay-per-view on Saturday, AEW Collision is going to be televised on a Friday this week. Another weekend full of wrestling. WWE SmackDown followed by AEW Collision all on the same night. And then the next day is going to be full gear. But we still got a few days to go until that. For now, let's get started on this AEW Dynamite. Wednesday, November 15th, Ontario, California. Let's go. We get a recap video package with the devil. And this is what happened last week with the acclaimed. The acclaimed got beat up by the mass goons. And MJF was standing there looking shooketh while Samoa Joe laughed at MJF and his friends, the acclaimed. We still don't know who the mass devil is. I have my suspicions. I strongly believe that it is Roger Strong. A lot of people have been speculating that it's Jungle Boy. Some people are even thinking CM. Punk. And if it is CM Punk, man, that would be some crazy shit. But I highly doubt that. I think the people that are predicting that it's CM Punk are giving Tony Khan a little bit of way too much credit when it comes to that. I think it's scientifically proven that it's not MJF because MJF has been seen in the ring during these attacks. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense if the masked man is MJF, but anything can happen in wrestling. I thought by now we would get some type of answers because Full Gear is right around the corner, but we haven't gotten any answers, at least not yet. The opening match is Hook and Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta. And I still remember when Hook used to be cool. Man, those were the good old days, weren't they? Someone take me back to those days. Orange Cassidy and Hook jumpstart John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta while the Blackpool Combat Club were doing their entrance that they usually do from the crowd. And yep, this is most definitely AEW. Just like in the WWE, you can always count on these two things in WWE. Having an interruption by the Judgment Day at the start of the show and having a brawl involving the Judgment Day. That's how you know you're watching a WWE product, specifically Monday Night Raw. Well, over here in AEW, you can always count on a jump start and a fight in the crowd. Every single time you can count on those two things when you're watching an AEW show or at least on Dynamite, I should say collision they don't really do that stuff over there they run that show a little bit differently hook and yuda they make it in the ring finally and the bell rings but john moxley and orange cassidy were still fighting in the crowd not all of the competitors from
from both tag teams were in the ring, yet the match was officially started by the referee. Orris Cassidy was still in the crowd selling while Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley were double teaming Hook in the ring. And again, AEW making up more rules on the fly when it comes to these matches. Because just like in a singles match, both competitors should be up, ready to go, and the referee should wait for the word. Both guys are ready. Okay, now let's ring the bell. In a tag team match, it should be no different. Both guys from each team should be in the ring or at least on the apron and all four guys should be ready to go and then you ring the bell. I think that should be common sense, people. But then not long after that, Orange Cassidy recovers and he just rushes the ring and does a suicide dive. Then Yuta rushes the ring and no one is tagging in this match. Then Mox rushes the ring and hits Hook with the cutter. Then Orange Cassidy hits John Moxley with an orange punch. But John Moxley does not sell the orange punch. This is the same orange punch that broke Danielson's face. And the reason why Danielson is wearing gauze over his eye. But Moxley said, oh, nah, 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 nah. I'm not selling that. That does not work for me, brother. But doesn't that just make Danielson look weak? The same orange punch that broke Danielson's face did absolutely nothing to John Moxley. Wheeler Yuta pinned Hook. Yes, that's right. Wheeler Yuta pinned the FTW champion Hook. After the match, John Moxley cuts a promo on Orange Cassidy and said that he's going to take that belt and there's nothing that Orange Cassidy can do about it. But just last week, John Moxley said that this wasn't even about a title and said something about being in a jungle and he's the predator. But now John Moxley seems like he changed his mind and wants the title again, the international championship that is. And that was the opening match to this AEW Dynamite. Wheeler Yuta pinned the FTW champion and John Moxley made his own faction member Danielson look like a little weakling. Tony Schiavone, he's in the ring and he's announcing that there's no physicality between Swerve and Hangman Adam Page or else there will be suspensions and the Texas Deathmatch would be canceled. Excalibur tried to call this the most personal match in AEW history, but Prince Nana, he stole the show with his super cool dance. Prince Nana so far has been the most entertaining thing on this show so far. Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland, they both come out and Hangman starts laying it in on Swerve, saying that he understands why Swerve's ex-fiance left them. Hangman Adam Page started bringing up his kids and he even made a bunch of death threats to Swerve Strickland again, kind of like he did last week. And there's a bunch of security guards outside of the ring, which I wasn't really sure what the point of that was since Tony Schiavone had already mentioned that there was going to be no physicality. So I didn't see the point in having the security guards out there. But shortly after I made a note of that, then I understood what the point of the security guards were because Hangman Adam Page attacked Prince Nana instead of Swerve Strickland because like Tony Schiavone had already announced Swerve and Hangman can't have any physicality so Hangman said okay well then I'll just take it out on your manager Prince Nana and that's when the security guards rushed Hangman Adam Page beat up on all the useless security guards and Swerve the whole entire time he just stood there and took this verbal lashing by Hangman Adam Page and he didn't say anything so we're off to the races for full gear Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page they're gonna be having a Texas death match at full gear this weekend 
Hot Roddy Roderick Strong gets an interview and he claims to know who the devil is, who is behind the mask, and he's going to tell his friend Adam who it is. So he calls his friend Adam. Adam and Roger Strong tells his friend Adam Cole that it's Max. Roger Strong believes that it's Max behind the mask, but I'm telling you guys, I have a feeling, a very, very strong feeling that it has to be Roger Strong. It has to be. Out of everyone that people are predicting, like Jungle Boy and CM Punk, Roger Strong would be the one that it just would make the most sense, I think, because that can lead to a lot of things. You bring back Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, who are Adam Cole's real friends from, you know, their faction going back to NXT. You bring them back and then you can possibly do a heel turn with Adam Cole on MJF. Or you can team up MJF and Adam Cole versus Roger Strong and Kyle O'Reilly for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champ. There's just so many things that can come from Roger Strong being behind that mask. So I'm telling you guys, Roger Strong, he's blaming MJF, but he's just trying to distract everyone from the truth, I think. Adam Cole also accused Roger Strong of being behind the mask. But hopefully at Full Gear this Saturday, we finally get an answer. We finally figure out who the hell is behind that freaking mask. And Sky Blue versus Red Velvet, the Crips versus the Bloods. No, I'm kidding. This is an eliminator match for the TBS Championship. Julia Hart already punched her ticket in for full gear by beating Willow Nightingale at Collision last weekend. Red Velvet is a superior athlete and the superior wrestler. Out of both of these two, if I had to choose between these two, I'm going to have to go with Red Velvet. However, Sky Blue won, and I think we all knew that was going to happen. We all knew that was going to be the outcome to this because the AEW fans, they love Sky Blue's uh, talents. Miro, he has a video package, and he's talking about his wife, CJ Perry, who recently became the new manager for Andrade El Idolo last week on Collision, and how he loves her so much, but she brings out the worst of Miro. And Miro, he's looking to take out that worst on Daniel Garcia at Collision this Friday. And Daniel, my boy, word to the wise, run, run while you still can, because Miro, he's going to squash you, my my man he's gonna squash you my boy rj cities with the new aw signee mariah may outside of tony storm's locker room rj city promised to introduce tony storm to mariah may last week on her debut which made mariah may absolutely completely happy once she heard that and rj being the man that he is a man of his word he's keeping up on his promise here and they're standing outside of tony storm's locker room room when they go inside the locker room the picture turns into a black and white and mariah may is just fangirling over meeting timeless tony storm but tony storm just brushes her off darling i'm not signing autographs right now darling and mariah says i'm not a fan i'm i'm a wrestler but uh you're not really acting like a wrestler mariah may i don't think any wrestler has ever showed up to a show and was fangirling over another wrestler the way you are then after that tony storm requests a tune-up match for collision on friday and yes like i mentioned before collision is taking place this friday not on a saturday and mariah may got 
got to meet her hero, Tony Storm. This AEW collision is already starting to sound a lot better than Dynamite because we're going to see Tony Storm in action, and this is just what this women division in AEW needs is more Tony Storm matches. And finally, time for some serious business because we get Samoa Joe versus a uh, local job guy, and I hate to refer to these wrestlers as locals or job guys, but AEW hasn't announced the local guys their names anymore i've noticed the last couple days they usually have a picture with their names on it but is it just me have i been missing this because i didn't catch this guy's name or any of the local people that were on the show but anyway samoa joe showed up fuck shit up and won but this job guy was really entertaining he was really hilarious during this match and i gotta give it to him because he showed the most personality a job guy can show in a two minute squash match and then after the match Samoa Joe introduces himself in a post-match promo because Samoa Joe was in his hood in South Cali and offers MJF his friendship Ayo Max TikTok, what's it gonna be? MJF has yet to answer Samojo's offer, but we'll be talking about MJF here in a little bit. We get another commercial announcement about the Continental Classic Tournament, and people were very outspoken about my little meme that I put out there on the internet. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty hilarious. It's pretty ridiculous. At Snug Wrestling, it had to do with the name of the tournament. Why is it called the Continental Tournament if it's taking place in the United States? States. United States is not a continent and uh, a lot of people had quite the response to that meme that I made and a lot of the people went on defense mode about it of course the AEW fans the hardcore Tony Khan defenders some people had a lot of good points some people were just marking out it, it was really fun and entertaining to see I definitely recommend you guys check it out at snug wrestling and I still want to know who are all the fans that have been asking for this for years and years according to Tony Khan I don't know if it's you please let me know at Snug Wrestling because I haven't seen anyone talk about this ever or request this tournament that Tony Khan is putting out there and speaking of shit that no one has ever asked for ever up next we had Commander and Penta versus the Young Bucks Commander he's also a champion of some sort because he's carrying a championship belt from somewhere maybe triple a or maybe he just brought it from his house because i don't even think excalibur of all people who knows a lot about these foreign companies and all the championship belts there is in the whole entire world no one said anything about what that belt that commander had was even about i don't know earlier this week nick jackson got called out by a fan on x after posting just a friendly competition between friends dot 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 but jericho and a fan responded and said, Nick, I don't think friendly competition is going to make people want to spend $50 on a pay-per-view. Nick Buck's response to the fan was, the other option is not being on the show at all. Is that supposed to be a threat, Nick Buck? To be honest, I kind of like that second option a little bit more. Do not threaten me with a good time, Nick Buck, please. This match was a very nice reenactment of a scene from the West Side Story. We got 37 suicide dives, 64 
four super kicks. Commander did his rope spot where he runs on top of the third rope. We got this is awesome chance. The fans in Ontario must be huge fans of the West Side Story. I mean, they are in the West Coast, so that would make a lot of sense. But this match was just a crossover of the West Side Story with Cirque du Soleil. And I can't even call this a tag match because no one was tagging. Commander ran on the ropes at one point, jumped off the ropes onto Penta's back, and then hit one of the Bucks with a Canadian Destroyer. The Bucks hit a uh, double low blow, then a Judas Effect, and then their finisher, the BTE. The Bucks won, but they had to cheat to win. When we come back from commercial break, the Bucks are getting interviewed, and they're looking mighty proud of themselves after winning their match in their own hometown by cheating. And the Bucks, they don't care about the rules, according to them, but they never did. You guys weren't even tagging not one time during the tag team match, so we pretty much all knew that the Bucks never cared about rules, ever. They get interrupted by Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho tells Kenny, don't waste your time with these jackasses. The Bucks then say, oh yeah, how about this, Chris? And they gave Chris Jericho what looked like a little love tap on his back, and then security rushes in, and they come out of nowhere to break up this quote-unquote skirmish that the Bucks, Jericho, and Kenny were having. The next match was another tag team match, and finally, back to some serious business, and finally, we get to see a real tag team, because it's the Guns versus some more local guys, who I also did not catch their name, but we got Austin and Colton Gunn coming out with the Juice Man, Juice Robinson, and I think one of the guys from this tag team was Peter Avalon, who we have seen in AEW since day one. Peter Avalon was one of the AEW originals who mostly wrestled on AEW Dark. And the Gun Boys, they pick up another good dub here, and I should actually, these are the Gun Men. These ain't boys. The Gun Club, the Gun Boys, they're looking like a really solid tag team more and more every single week. They have a post-match promo where they're talking to MJF, and they say, MJF, your friends are gone, and your titles, they're about to be gone too. This is one of the matches that I'm most definitely looking forward to, not only because it's the guns, it also has to do with MJF, and the possibility that we will be seeing MJF teaming up with Samoa Joe is also something really exciting to be looking forward to, because when MJF decides to team up with Samoa Joe, because let's face it, he is, at this point, MJF has no other choice that's also going to lead to another championship match between mjf and samoa joe and everything about this is just a1 stuff really really good shit unfortunately when it comes to really really good shit it all stopped there because up next we had the street fight with the don Callis family versus jericho versus kenny and paul white and cody ibushi don Callis was on commentary and there was just so much shit going on here after a while it was just hard for me to even keep up i mean chris jericho and paul white they were wearing black suits with black ties i don't know if that's the best gear to wear to a street fight but they did it paul white chops fletcher and chokeslam 
slammed him off the stage. As soon as the match started, we've got the Golden Lovers in there. We've also got the Golden Jets. And the only thing that's missing is the Golden Showers. Paul White and Hobbs, they're fighting in the parking lot. Kenny Omega gets a barbed wire bat. Coda does drive-bys with the bat while riding a bicycle. Hobbs picks up Paul White and slammed him through a hood of a car. Takeshka gives Ibushi a suplex on a bike, but Takeshka completely missed and his goofy ass ate more of the bicycle than Ibushi. And then Fletcher gave Ibushi a pile driver from the apron to the floor on some chairs and some other stuff that was down there. So we had like 46 hospital angles in one match. A few seconds later, Ibushi miraculously is back on his feet while Fletcher was still on the floor selling the pile driver that Fletcher gave Ibushi. The 500 pounder Paul White took a body slam in the hood of a car and was out of the match completely. He was getting checked out by the referees, the doctors, the trainers, all kinds of people. But Cody Ibushi takes a pile driver from the apron to the floor on some chairs and some other stuff. And like 30 seconds later, Ibushi, he's all good. But finally, after so much craziness and so much unbelievable shit, and when I say unbelievable, I don't mean like, oh my god, this is unbelievable. No, I mean, I could not believe half of the shit that was going on in this match. But Kenny Omega picks up the win for his team. Kenny Omega pinned Brian Cage, who was another guy who was just thrown in this match. I don't know why, but he was just there. Kenny Omega hits his finisher, the one-winged angel, and then that was the end of the match. After everything that these guys did to each other, Kenny Omega's finisher was the final nail in the coffin. And the main events, the very, very last segment of Dynamite was the champion MJF, the devil, our scumbag, one half of the Ring of Honor champions, the Triple B, the AEW world champion. MJF apologizes to the acclaim for getting caught in the crossfire. He talks about always wanting to be the champion, and MJF is cutting a super babyface promo, and he's also afraid that he's going to let his fans down. Now, that's all lovely and everything. I can never get tired of hearing MJF talk. He's such a great speaker, such a great promo, but after seeing all that craziness from the street fight, I was really starting to lose my patience with the show and i just wanted mjf to get to the point are you going to tell us are you going to team up with samoa joe are you going to tell us who's behind the mask give us something at this point we need something from mjf to make up for all that crazy shenanigans that we just got done seeing but the only thing that we get is mjf sends the masked man a message i'm gonna find out who you are and once i do you're gonna pay then jay white comes out and he's still holding the triple b championship the one that he stole from mjf and he's still wearing it on his shoulder and jay white thinks that it's mjf behind the mask then the bullet club gold come out and attack mjf no one helped mjf no samoa joe no refs no security no one the bullet club gold beat up on mjf and the bullet club gold are standing over mjf once again so we got full gear coming up this saturday mjf is gonna have two matches for the ring of honor tag team championships and for the main event for the AEW world heavyweight champion AEW is really trying to put jay white over as a threat as a possible threat to mjf's title reign but i don't think anyone is buying that mjf is most definitely going to win on saturday i think what everyone is mostly looking forward to is getting some answers as to who this mass 
guy is. So hopefully we find out this Saturday. I don't really find myself looking forward to a whole lot of these matches, unfortunately, except for the two matches involving MJF. That's it. Everything else, I don't really care too much about. But let me know what you guys think. Hit me up at Snug Wrestling. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk soon.